Hello, and welcome to Something Positive for Positive People. My name is Courtney Brame. Something Positive for Positive People is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that supports people navigating herpes stigma in a variety of ways. People ask me, you know, oh, what do you do with your nonprofit? And it often depends on who's asking me how I answer the question. And there's really no way around that because on one hand, I started this as a suicide prevention awareness resource for people who are struggling most with herpes stigma to give them a roadmap of a variety of ways to navigate their diagnosis from the lived experiences of other people who've had this virus for various amounts of time. I've interviewed people who had been diagnosed for a few days. I've interviewed people who've been diagnosed for 20 plus years. And the perspectives that people offer just aren't heard. (laughs) And uh, I'm so grateful over the last seven years that this organization has been just a nonprofit. It's been a podcast. Uh, I'm sorry. It's been a nonprofit for five years. In fact, I'll be celebrating the five-year anniversary, and I invite you to celebrate that with me. Um, I'm hosting the first ever conference exclusively for people with herpes. It'll be virtual. I want to shout out Stephanie Zapata for uh, offering consulting services for putting on something like this, which, yes, I am putting money into this. I am invested. I am investing in people. Uh, I'm investing in services. I'm investing in um, not product. Oh, I guess they are products because uh, I don't have Zoom. Everything that I've been using so far, like I have been as efficient and as low cost as possible until it hit a point where I just couldn't do certain things anymore without uh, spending money. And fortunately, um, some big donations have come in and I've been able to do things like pay speakers to present at this upcoming conference that will be for people with herpes. So uh, the date is going to be May 23rd, 2024. And this will be the five year anniversary of something positive for positive people. I'm excited about it. Um, I sent out a call for uh, proposals and there are some sex therapists, uh, people who are living with herpes, who are in professional settings, mental health professionals, as well as people who will work in the public health setting. And this is legit a conference for people with herpes. If you would ask me what I would be doing in the year 2024, 10, 15, 20 years ago, this ain't what I would have been saying, y'all. I'm going to be real with you. I, I'm putting on a herpes conference. What? <laughs> um. You'll notice that my tone is significantly different than the previous episode, uh, and that's just because I'm, I, I've let go. Uh, I mentioned that my biggest supportive resources to me have been these books called Psycho-Cybernetics by Dr. Maxwell Maltz and then Letting Go by David R. Hawkins. These two books have really taught me that I am something that is not my mind nor my body. Rather, I have a mind and have a body and it doesn't get into the woo-woo of it. It just teaches you how to look at your psychology, as well as your emotions and be able to use them the way that they're supposed to be used. And these kinds of tools have not been accessible or available to me. And if they were, uh, I just wasn't paying attention. But a lot of knowledge is in books and I've not been pointed in the direction of books. I've been pointed in the direction of uh, social media, TikTok, online resources and opinions. Right. So These are very critical structures to my own growth and development. 
And everything that I do, everything that I practice and use, I apply those tools. Uh, So if you're someone who doesn't have a feeling that you can contribute to something positive for positive people to get what you want uh, for yourself, personal development wise, I encourage you to check out those books, whatever you got to do to get those books. I think they're $16 on Audible, or if you have Audible and credits, just use the credit. It's a very great investment. I still listen to these even after like 10 years now of going through this self-help journey. And oftentimes a lot of books that I do read will reference um, some of the lessons in those books that have already been in place. So with that being said, uh, let me go ahead and just wrap up the announcements. If you haven't already taken the 2023 HSV survey, I invite you to please do that. All right. I need as many of these responses as we can get, um, especially leading into the conference, because that's where I'm going to present this information and hopefully be able to put together some nice handouts uh, for disclosure resources for the healthcare organizations and providers to be able to share this information and deem it to be valid. Uh, For years, I've just been to do with a podcast to these organizations. And now it's significantly different. Like that's not the case anymore. All right. So, okay. Wrapping that up, I'm going to close that out and move on. So uh, I mentioned that I have a lot of things that I want to touch on. So what's calling to me right now is um, really speaking to a recent experience I had. So I'll share my experience and then just see what naturally comes from there. Uh, Every year around my birthday, I get very weird. And so this podcast is going to be releasing the day before my birthday, my 35th birthday, uh, November 10th, 1988 is when I was born. And I want to share this story with y'all because I'm I'm ready to let it go. I really am. So on my 13th birthday, my grandmother, my dad's mom, um, it was her funeral. Her funeral was this day. And I remember the feeling like I, I still whenever I think about it. Well, whenever I talk about it, I in my body feel like I am trying to crawl into myself and hide from the sound of how my dad's side of the family after the funeral was singing happy birthday to me on the day of my grandmother's funeral. And I am aware that they probably did not have this intention, but it fucked me up. I'm going to just be real with you. So I've been weird over the past several weeks and I recognize that every year I get weird around my birthday and it's partially mostly probably all the way because of that uh come if you add on somebody tripping with me to that I think it gets amplified so I've let people closest to me know hey I get weird around my birthday just that's it that's all I've said and so I think that it's really helpful for me to practice what I encourage y'all to do, which is to say the thing and applying what I've learned from Letting Go by David R. Hawkins. It requires you to let the emotion be as it is and don't try and fight it. And I believe that when you start to fight the emotion that you're wanting to feel, 
it begins to get stuck. And emotions are energy in motion and they're natural. They're supposed to happen. When that energy is in motion through your body and you resist it with all of your being, I think it gets stuck and it begins to manifest as physical things inside your body. And this is where we get into like various types of illnesses that aren't really explained or whatever, right? But the immune function, because uh, one thing I learned from psychocybernetics is that the mind cannot differentiate between an experience that is real and one that is created with the imagination, okay? Like there are studies that show if under a hypnotic state, a person is suggested that their hand is in a cold bucket of ice water that the body's response to that area is going to uh like the hand will start to change colors to accommodate for that or if you tell them that it's hot like you'll see this person begin to sweat that is how powerful our cycle our psychology is like our minds are and so if we're not conscious of it like we can be controlled and manipulated by our uh unconscious and i use these examples because that's really what has been happening with me and i think that it's played out in a way that while a lot of people might benefit from it i'm not And I have been sticking emotions in my body and allowing for them to manifest into uh, things, muscle tension. And uh, I want to sort of stay on track. But when I speak to the muscle tension, just know that I'll I'll come back to that. Okay. so uh, my emotions of really, I guess, grieving the loss of my grandmother have been stuck. But with grief. It's not exclusively about the loss of the person. It's also the loss of the uh, relationship that you foresaw having, the loss of a relationship that you thought that you would have after time, the thought of uh, what the future would look like. Uh, There's a lot just missing and there's not really been a grieving process for me uh, at all. I've had moments where I would honor this time of year for myself in a way, but it's it's not been enough to really let it move through me because I recognize that it is in fact controlling me. It's controlling my behavior. So me speaking about this here, um, I think that this is sort of my distributing my grandmother's energetic ashes. I always say life is not about what happens to you. It's about what happens through you. And I want to wanna just share a little bit about my grandma. And um, I hope that this is something that helps you know, other people as well. So my grandmother, uh, <laughs> my grandmother was schizophrenic. <laughs> I didn't know anything about this at the time. All right. She used to talk about seeing demons and call people devils. She made up a name for me or me and my little brothers. Uh, I was what she called me. I was Chauncey. My middle brother, he was Sir Anthony, and my younger brother, Jeff, was uh, Ariel, and she called us, she just gave us these nicknames, and I thought we just had nicknames, <laughs> you know, I ain't know, uh, my grandma was like, you're schizophrenic, <laughs> um, but one thing about my grandma, and uh, this is this is hard to talk about, specifically for being in the space of sex education, right? 
uh, because there's so much talk about abortion and right to abortion and everybody should be able to get an abortion whenever they want to, no questions asked, blah, blah, blah. But I know a lot more about my pre being born than I should. And no one seems to want to really give me the entire story. Um, and it started with I've heard things from my mom. I've heard things from my dad. But two years ago, I heard from my grandfather, who was married to my grandmother at that time. They've been they've been divorced. But uh, I guess around the time that my mother was pregnant with me, my mom got pregnant with me at 17. And so uh, I can only put together bits and pieces of what happened based on the information that I have. That's my disclaimer. But essentially, what I've come to realize was that (laughs) based on how my grandfather presented the last bit of information that I got two years ago on my birthday, he said, he was like, boy, your grandma fought for you. And he didn't want to elaborate. I looked at him and was like, she fought for me? What do you mean? And he just kind of like, he didn't want to go any further. And that was the final puzzle piece of my assumption of what was going on. And it was that my mom said that her parents were pressuring her into getting an abortion. I knew that she had asked for birth control before she had started to become sexually active. I don't know if that was sexually active with my dad or sexually active in general, but I know that story. I know that much. And I know that her, uh, yeah, her parents didn't want their teenage daughter, you know, who had her whole life ahead of her to ruin her life by having a baby. And my grandmother, my dad's mom, uh, took her in. And I I know that my mom told me that they had a conversation. She was like, what if this is the only, what's this is your only chance to have a kid? And I guess that was the thing that stuck with my mom and made her now keep in mind, my mom went on to have three more kids, <laughs> just, or two more kids, two more kids. I'm sorry. But, um, she told me this and she told me this story and, my grandmother was like, my granddad is a fucking G. Let me just tell you that. Like, my grandfather is the patriarch of the household. Well, my family is very, like, broken up and distributed, right? But at the end of the day, my grandfather will take care of it. He will handle business, all right? Just let me say that. <laughs> so I'm just imagining my mom's dad, who's the grandfather I'm speaking of, and my dad's mom you know, who my, my grandma, we, she's schizophrenic y'all. I ain't going to say, I'm not going to use the C word, but I can just imagine how this conversation could have gone between them. But my grandmother essentially protected my mom from her parents making her get an abortion is what my understanding is. And when I think about my grandmother, I think, damn, you know, I, I might not be here if it wasn't for that. I might not be here if it wasn't for, you know, her fighting for me. I might not be here or I might have been here another way, (laughs) you know, but uh, I have moments where, again, I get weird around my birthday. Weird just meaning really fucking moody. And if you say the wrong thing to me at the wrong time, you feel that shit. And if you say the right thing at the right time, I might interpret it wrong and this this goes on for roughly three weeks around my birthday. And then it's also like the time change. So my sleep pattern is a little off because I'm not 
sleeping the way that I should. And every time around the time change comes, this happens. So we got these things stacked on top of one another, right? So my grandmother, who fought for, you know, my birth, my life, uh, and also, by the way, my mom my and her parents have taken really tremendous care of me um, growing up, and I got a lot of what I wanted, everything I needed everything I needed and a lot of what I wanted. So um, I wanted to just make sure to like preface that I I do believe I still harbor some resentment towards them, but this is my letting go episode, right? This is me distributing the ashes of my grandmother, distributing the harbored emotions that I have uh, towards them for not wanting me because that's what it feels like. And I think anybody who wasn't aborted can relate if you're listening to this podcast episode. So um, this is why uh, I bring this up, because now as an adult who has gone through the process and I really underestimate and undervalue the amount of emotional awareness that came from me going through my self-help journey, as well as my yoga teacher certification. So I have 500 hours of yoga teacher certifications, and I didn't realize that so much of that has been what I've used for not just myself and being to this place of being able to experience my own healing process, but to also share that with others as well. And coming across some of the findings of uh, the the way that I communicate, the way that I am present with people, like presence itself is like the divine, divine divinity is presence. And so much of what I've leaned into being present has been what people benefit from through a lot of the things that I do or touch and put my thing, put my hands on whatever I put my hands on, whatever I put my breath to whatever. Right. So. My grandmother's funeral is on my 13th birthday. My family singing happy birthday to me. I remember at the funeral, y'all, or at the wake. It was the wake where they do the open casket viewing. I, I just looked at my grandma. I laughed. I was like, this ain't my damn grandma. Like, quit playing. And I laughed, and I felt really guilty about laughing. You know, it's like, oh, shit, she's actually dead. And I laughed about that. But it wasn't that I laughed about that. I was like, it didn't look like her. It felt like somebody was fucking with me. And I don't remember attending any funerals before then. But I know that it just it it didn't look like her. It didn't feel like her, you know. And my grandma didn't get to see, like, who I am now. Like, she didn't get to see the work that I've accomplished, right? And, you know, there's a part of me that's like, oh, she's watching over you. She knows. Right. But I think that for so much of my life, you know, uh, I've, I've spoken recently about, you know, pursuing intimacy with people and this craving and desire for intimacy, yet settling for sex. And like sometimes the emotional connection and the intimacy that I seek through sex is not something that I get. And I I couldn't really figure it out. Don't get me wrong, I had a lot of sex. And it's just not, I've had very few times where it's felt connected. And I realized that like, a lot of people talk about men having mommy issues or daddy issues, but like, I got a fucking grandma issue. And my grandma who saw something in me, right? People, people very rarely see 
through my physical body, I recognize, I know I'm attractive. I know I have a nice smile. I know I have like a good uh, body and energy to me, right? But my grandmother, and as a fucking embryo or whatever I would have been at that stage, like knew that the my mother was going to give birth to something, someone special. And 12 years into her, into my life, you know, she's had the opportunity to really nurture that. She's nurtured my nature as best she could. I, I saw my grandma on weekends, a lot, a lot of weekends. Um, and then she was gone. You know, I, I turned 13 and I remember... I remember where I was when I found out she died. I was in the bathtub after school. I was actually taking a bath. Like, it was <laughs> bath time at 12 years old. I was at my house um, at 1706 Dow. <laughs> I don't remember any of my addresses, but I remember this one. And uh, I was in the bathroom connected to my mom's room and my stepdad at the time's room. And my mom was crying. She was on a cordless phone, if y'all know what that is. She was on a cordless phone. She came in through the side that I was facing uh, where the toilet was. And she walked in and she was just like, I'm so sorry. Your grandma died. And I don't know that I had like a reaction right away. I don't think I did. And around that time, I this has happened enough times for it to be a thing. But when death happens, because shortly before that, I remember I saw to me what was like, what looked like a streak of lightning. You know, if you can just imagine a random ass streak of lightning. It wasn't raining outside, I know that. But just like, if you're looking at a thing, let's say you're driving on a road and you just fucking see <laughs> a streak of lightning cross your face, that's death. And, or that was what that was to me. And shortly after that, that's when she came and told me. You know, I, I don't remember hearing about uh, I think my grandma was in a hospital for maybe a couple of days, but I don't really know much more about that. Like there's, I don't know why, I don't know exactly what caused her to die. I know diabetes, high blood pressure are two things that run in my family. Um, just because of how, <laughs> just because of how we ate. And my family always would tell me, watch your salt, watch your sugar. And I've come to learn that it's not the salt you put on food or the sugar you put on food or the candy you eat. It's the carbohydrates that turn into sugar that you eat. And it's also the sodium in the food that or that you add to your food uh, as a sauce or marinade or whatever it is that you're cooking with that goes into the food that gives it all that flavor. Because like I've loved food and, you know, this <laughs> unfortunately is something that potentially contributed to my grandmother's death. And so I, yeah, I, I, I've been watching that lately, my, how I eat, my diet, nutrition. And, you know, I think that that's one thing that I can also take from my grandmother's life and experience. But anyways, I, let me get to the point because I'll start to drift off into La La Land and uh, reminiscing and start crying and shit. Y'all need to hear all that. But this is the hard thing for me to say. 
and it's that, you know, my grandma, my mom, my mom issue stems from, you know, my grandma issue or my grandma issue stems from my mom issue of just coming into this world, not feeling wanted, not feeling like I deserve to be here. Um, and going through life, making an effort to prove that I deserve to be here is the point that I'm trying to make. So much of what I give to the world, what happens through me is as a result of Patricia and Johnson, y'all. And Patricia and Johnson fought for me to be here. And the one person around my birth who wanted me to be here is gone. The one person who, you know, granted me permission or who fought for me to get here, you know, like that. My grandma became a fucking soldier (laughs) and fought for her grandson to get here. And at age 12, she was gone. You know, close to my 13th birthday, she died. So the one person who wanted me here is not here anymore. So what does that mean to me? I shouldn't know this story, but I <laughs> I asked enough questions after, you know, just knowing too much information. And here's where I am. Like this is what this is where I landed. <laughs> Sometimes we'll need we'll need to know everything. Don't ask questions you don't want the answer to. And I I don't know that me knowing this really would have changed anything about me. I think that maybe the narrative that I have attached to a lot of my behaviors would be changed. But it feels to me like processing this now, going into the 35th year of my life, that the approval that I need can't be given to me ever to tell me that I have a right to be here, that I deserve to be here, that I belong here. And in my day-to-day life, like I'm validated very consistently at a high quantity of volume. The volume of the validation that I get of how appreciative people are for me, the, the validation through the thank you messages and DMs that I get, the appreciation that I receive in those senses, the sex that I have, you know, validating that I make people feel good. These things happen, but the quality at which I experience them is uh, it's way different. Um, the, the, it's very low quality, high quantity, low quality, I would say. And Nobody, not one soul is ever going to be able to give me the approval that I'm actually seeking, which is that, which is the, which is that of my grandmother. No one, to my knowledge, has like 
fought for me, has loved me, has approved me in the way that my grandmother could. And, you know, part of that, (laughs) part of this could also be why I'm very drawn to the most C-word women (laughs) ever. (laughs) But there's a type of C-word that I I look for. And I, I guess that, like, maybe it's just that, like, regardless of how out there or gone my grandma was, like, she was very true to what she believed in. And even if what she believed in wasn't always what other people could see, <laughs> I find that it's really hard for me to find people who have that, who have that, like, unconditional acceptance of who you are. She ain't fucking know me. She didn't know, you know, what I was going to turn out like, if I was going to be healthy. She ain't no shit. But she fought for me before she saw what I looked like. She loved me before she saw what I looked like. And so little or so much of compatibility and attraction is physical in the world. And I look at the relationships I have with people and the ones that are the healthiest and the ones that I feel the happiest and strongest in are the ones where you know, people talk to me in a certain way that it's not it's not exclusively about my appearance, how I look, you know, or it's, it's you know, being seen you know, as what I'm or for what I'm showing or even what I'm hiding, because I I hide how big of a person I am energetically. Um, and there, there's that's a whole nother podcast episode and reason for it. But I recognize that I, I, I do that in environments where I feel like people aren't able to receive that, uh, where it's too intense. Cause I I often, I'm often asked, how are you? And I think that people ask that with the intention of assessing whether or not I'm capable of handling them telling me how they are, because that's really what they want. And I, I know that I draw that in. And as you express yourself, you draw in a lot as well. And um, I'm, I'm working on that, but more importantly, I'm very much working on just being able to accept that me being here proves that I have a right to be here. I don't need to continue to prove that I deserve to be here by being good, always doing the right thing, always saying the right thing, doing what I'm told over what I know needs to be done because there's been a lot of that I've been a very compliant individual throughout my life and so much of it was just hoping that you know I would get the reward of (laughs) I don't know I guess my grandma's love (laughs) my grandma's approval but she ain't here you know she's not physically here at least and I, I get little hints that it's okay. I get a little hints that I am here and that I do deserve to be here and that it's okay for me to live a life that is my own and to 
you know, pursue all of the things that I want to do. I want a I want a lot of very contradictory things. And when you don't feel like you deserve to be someplace, you also don't feel like you deserve the things that come with being there. And I recognize in how I receive compliments, I used to deflect them. And I say used to, but like I've stopped over the past week and a half, two weeks. <laughs> Because I'm being much more conscious about that. When people give me a compliment, I now say thank you. I may give a compliment back, but I'm very much working on just receiving. And I became aware of this when I went to Sex Down South. I shit you not, September 8th, 9th, 10th weekend, whatever, of 2023 was when I first started to get comfortable with receiving. And I guess it just hasn't felt like something I could do because I don't deserve anything what I do because I don't deserve to be here because there were at least three to four people who also believed that but one person fought for me so I mean the numbers (laughs) if 80% of people think you shouldn't be here but 20% think you do you really gonna focus on that 80% and I think that I spent so much of my life trying to prove to my family I deserve to be here that that has developed into an explosive resentment of me leaving my family. I left and I moved away to Texas from Missouri. I left and I moved away to Portland from uh, Missouri because I moved back to uh, Missouri from Texas and I moved back to Portland. And this time it's not out of like a resentment type thing, but I know that that has had a little bit to do with it. It's like, well, fuck y'all. If y'all don't, if y'all don't think I deserve to be here, if y'all don't love me, well, fuck you. Right. But I'm rewriting that narrative. I'm choosing to rewrite that narrative and I'm allowing myself to accept what comes with me being here the positive the negative the neutral because i do belong here and if you made it through the process of being born you deserve to be here because that's a fucking fight you know i i look at this herpes shit this herpes shit ain't shit in the grand scheme of things do you know the likelihood of being born into a body that is capable of listening to a podcast do you know how many factors have to go into that and y'all stuck on just the herpes diagnosis shit like this is so much bigger than that life in general is so much bigger than this and it's really important to me now that and i want to i'm gonna just say this And I need for my intentionality to speak louder and more concisely than the word choice that I'm about to use here. But herpes ain't shit. It got you here to this point of being able to experience whatever stage of the healing process that you're in because it's your own healing process. The rejection that comes with it, the outbreaks that come with it, the symptoms that come with it, the stigma that comes with it, the potential suicide ideation and depression that come with it. Y'all, this ain't shit compared to what you had to do to get here. You just don't remember because you're so 
caught up in all of the shit that society and media, your communities, your family, your friends are doing. You're so sucked into that shit. I wonder when's the last time you sat with yourself in silence and actually had your own thoughts emerge for yourself for 20 minutes. And I specifically use 20 minutes because I just did that shit recently when I was meditating and I I was able to get into that meditative state um, shortly, you know, just recognizing what's mine versus what's everybody else's and what's everybody else's is, oh, you know, you don't deserve to be paid for what you're doing. You don't deserve to ask for money. You don't deserve to get big. You don't deserve to grow. You don't deserve to have a family. You don't deserve to have as many relationships as you choose to have. You don't deserve to work as you do. You don't deserve your body. You don't deserve to be able to eat well. You don't deserve a lot of things. And those aren't my voices. Those aren't my beliefs. Those don't fucking belong to me. And this is where I say the yoga stuff has really helped me because I would never have meditated had it not been for going to yoga and the teacher training that I've experienced to more so connect with what my own thoughts and beliefs have been, you know, telling me people tell me things all the time that aren't their thoughts and beliefs. People say, well, I feel like I don't deserve. I feel like I don't need to be. I feel like I can't have a family. I feel like I can't find love. I feel like I can't have sex. That's not even yours, man. And for so long, I have been living and acting in a way where I'm complying to beliefs and expressing behaviors that aren't mine, that aren't aligned with what my values are. You know, I, I have a mantra that I am here and this I am here mantra, it directly rewrites the narrative of me feeling as if I don't deserve to be here. And I feel like I don't deserve to be here because of my grandmother being the only person who thought that I was worth, you know, being here and fighting for enough to where, you know, now she's gone. And so if the only person who believed in me, the only person who believes that I deserve to be here is now no longer here, what does that say? Like, what does that mean for me? That means I don't deserve to be here. I can't validate that. And so unconsciously, I have lived a life of just approval seeking out the ass. Of connection seeking out the ass. And by out the ass, for anybody, there might be a language barrier for what that means is a lot. I've done a lot of approval seeking. I've done a lot of validation seeking for my acts, for what I do. Like, look at me, I'm good. I'm helping people not want to kill themselves. Look at me, I'm good. I did what I showed up on time. I got good grades. I did the right thing. I did what I was supposed to do. I did what I was told to do over what I fucking know to be right and in accordance with what I believe and saying the things that I believe are true that are true and saying and doing the things, acting in accordance with what my values are and what I believe 
to be true 100% of the time. And, you know, even to the point of self-sacrifice, right? I would say I'm good because I am sacrificing self for the betterment of other you know, and I observe my behavior like I, I I think I can't fuck up. I think that I I physically can't fuck up and I shouldn't fuck up. I should do no wrong. I should only do the right thing. And the right thing is always subjective, no matter what. But when you know that you are here, when you know your value, when you know that you know, you don't need to seek the attention and approval and validation from others, from other people, and that you learn to give that to yourself. Well, I think that when you see the source, I always tell people this, you know, when they say, you know, I'm triggered or I feel blank. I ask people, when's the most recent time you felt that? And when's the first time you remember feeling that? And then we can flush out what the truth is in that and then choose how we want to move forward and that's what I'm doing I tell people all the time to what you know they should think about doing I'll never tell people what to do but here are things to think about doing and I've never done that for myself until very recently I had a friend we're no we're no longer friends but I think that his role in my life was to say to me dude do you even listen to your own podcast And what that meant to me is, do you take your own advice? And I haven't. And here I am now. You know, like I said, I'm I'm this is I'm distributing my grandmother's ashes now. I'm letting go. And I'm freeing her from being the the memories and the um the grief stored into my body. I'm freeing her from that. I'm freeing myself from that because it's held me back. You know, I've always thought that, you know, people not sharing these resources is what's holding me back or not having a relationship that, you know, nurtures my nature is holding me back. Chasing has held me back. That's not the case. It's been my inability to just let go. And when you hold on to things that want to be expressed, that want to be let out, they they creep out, they seep out aggressively in the forms of behaviors that might be harmful behaviors. It could be you know, saying the wrong thing to someone. It could be covertly going behind people's back and maliciously trying to get something you want. It could be through drugs. It could be through sex. It could be through food. It can be through various expressions of addiction. But when you try and force holding on, That tension builds up. That tension builds up, not just in your body, but in your mind, in your spirit even. And you don't want those spiritual buildups. Because it makes it harder for things to happen through you. And that's what this is about. 
as these emotions, again, energy and motion move through me, I'm not resisting them passing through and leaving what they have to give because these have made me who I am. And if, you know, my grandmother, I, I, this is, this is very intense for me to say. So I only cry when very inspirational things happen to me. There's this anime attack on Titan and I, you gotta just, you gotta look up what it's about. But specifically, there's a scene where Captain Irwin convinces people the soldiers to ride to their death like this is going to be the last thing they do before they die otherwise they're going to die anyway and they're going to die the same way but it's not about dying it's about how you go out and i remember man like i i fucking get emotional thinking about it if i'm on the stairmaster and i put the speed up as fast as i can go and i watch this i will get through it i won't feel myself be tired but he says to them, he goes, uh, one of the soldiers was like, so wait, we're just going to die anyway. So I could just stay right here. I can disobey your orders and it doesn't mean anything. Captain Irwin goes, you're right. You can. And he, then the guy goes, well, this is just, uh, it, it doesn't change the meaning of our life. And then Captain Irwin tells him, well, the meaning of the people before us who got us here to this point were their lives meaningless he said no and then he very passionately spoke i'm not gonna do that because then I, I get too fired up and then i gotta stop this podcast and get to the gym but i'm gonna watch that video again but he was like no nah. like we give meaning to their lives through our actions now so we are going to ride to our deaths in hope that we continue this cause that we believe in, this cause that we fight for, this cause that we are literally riding to our deaths for, that that cause moves forward and that it goes on. And he inspired these people through emotion. He got them to the emotional state to the point where they agreed. They said, fuck it, we, we doing it then. But this was another demonstration of life being not about what happens to you, death, but what happens through you, the extension of life through the way that you live. For those around you, those sacrifices, those soldiers who sacrificed for Levi, to Captain Levi to go through and fuck up the most impossible circumstances to give him a glimpse a glimmer of hope in accomplishing what his mission was that sacrifice led to that and that's what I am that's what my grandmother did that's what my grandmother was you know I don't know how how long she'd been schizophrenic or how long she had been dealing with the health challenges that she faced but it was long enough for her to get me here and who knows maybe she was even in overtime for the 12 years that I had with her but regardless, like, she she went forward. <laughs> and she got me here and nurtured my nature. 
saw potential in me and there have been very few times in life where I very much connect with people who see a thing in me that I think only she saw. I think that I tell myself I don't see this thing maybe because it hurts too much to look at it and that thing that some people see and point out to me is the very thing that is the essence of what fuels something positive for positive people. It's in me and in what I do, it expresses itself. When people are present with me, when I'm present with people, when I'm interviewing guests, when I'm applying for these grants, which I fucking hate, when I'm having these conversations, when I'm holding these support groups, when I'm teaching a yoga class, when I'm even at work teaching genital exams, or if I'm working as a standardized patient and I'm giving feedback to the med students. Patricia Ann Johnson created a foundation. Like, I am happening through her as something she was happening through somebody else. And now this impact, everything that led to here is allowing for whatever you listening to this podcast choose, I'm able to happen through you so that you can happen through something else, through somebody else. And the way that, you know, my grandma saw into me before even being here and unconditionally seeing me. I've had recent experiences with people. Uh, I remember my friend AJ is probably, no, Carl, Carl, AJ and then Carl, I would say. So with AJ, I remember we were talking and he said, you know, the first day we met, he saw me, I was sleeping under my desk at work. I worked at um, a sales, um, a media sales place in uh, Houston, Texas. He walked in, he said, he saw me sleeping under the desk. He said, this motherfucker has no idea how powerful he is. Another time that I recall um, being seen in this way, uh, there's a, uh, I, I can't, I, I can talk about AJ and I can talk about Carl. I won't talk about anybody else, but um, Carl, <laughs> when I told him that I had herpes and what I wanted to do and he just like, oh, man, that's dope. Like, that'll be good for you because da, 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 da. And he like, Carl sees me. Carl saw me. And another time more recently, I, and I can talk about this because I, I, I can. There's certain things that I just want to be respectful of uh, with people and their identities. But um, my friend Mike this morning texted me, and I'll, I'll read this text because it really, like, this this did something to me. He said, hey, bro, I just wanted to tell you that you become a root in my life. I love what you're doing and the things you've accomplished. I've been blessed to see you grow and mature in this life, and I appreciate you, bro, for everything. You've had a totally and significant impact on my life since college in ways I can never explain. And I want to say thank you, bro. You my nigga for life, bro. And if that word, like, surprised y'all or gave you a visceral reaction, I surprise, I'm black. So, <laughs> um, 
that seeing that first thing this morning really just gave me an overwhelming sense of gratitude, especially at a time where, you know, he don't know this. He don't know that <laughs> I'm weird right now around this time of year. But something in him felt called to send that message when he did. And it was at a time I needed it. And there have been a couple of other situations that happened that I would like to speak to just real quickly. And, you know, just I want to wrap this up like this. This feels very much like the epitome of where life's about what happens through you, not to you comes from. And I remember uh, my birthday that I talked to my grandfather who was married to my grandmother. I was so resistant to what my plans were for my birthday. So my therapist said, go do something for your birthday. Like, go get you some food and have you a drink or whatever. So I decided to go to a Cajun restaurant and I knew what I wanted to order. I wanted the crab cakes, the voodoo shrimp, shrimp and grits, and one drink. And my grandfather who lives in Philadelphia on my birthday just so happened to be in town. So he's in town, it's 2020 pandemic and everything you gotta wear a mask everywhere but uber's running and restaurants are trying to stay open and all of that and he calls me i never he always calls at a bad time but this time was a good time i asked he said hey where you live at i'm in u city area i just so happen to live in u city so he stops by and this is where we had that conversation where he said well your grandma fall for you and all day i've been like just looking for an excuse not to go to this uh, restaurant and take myself out because, again, I don't deserve to be here, so I don't deserve to do things that I want to do. So I'm justifying it financially. Like, oh, I don't need to go. I ain't got no money. This motherfucker gives me $100. Just pops up, lives in Philly. What the fuck are you doing in St. Louis, right? And happened to be where I'm at. Happened to call me when you did. Gave me $100. And I, I, I was like, well, you know, this covers everything. Like, let me go ahead and do it. So I Ubered to this restaurant, Broadway Oyster Bar. I Ubered there and I saw the menu. I already knew what I was ordering. So ordered my food, crab cakes come out and I see him and I'm like, oh, there's an onion ring on this crab cake. That's weird. (laughs) I cut into it. The lights are weird. So it's kind of dark. And as I bite into it, I start fucking tearing up in this restaurant. I'm tearing up because I know this taste. I didn't like this taste, but I recognized what it was. My grandmother used to always make fried green tomatoes. I saw them. I remember I tried it. I didn't like it. It wasn't my thing. I like meat and I like cheese. That was what I liked when I was a kid. And, oh, fuck, dude. Like, I bit into this goddamn what I thought was an onion ring. And I just felt this overwhelming feeling in my body. I won't assign it, you know, a a feeling of good or bad, but it was just an overwhelming sense of intensity. Intensity is the best way that I can describe what I felt. It was just intense. And I had that feeling and it was like, wow, what a fucking poetic moment of full circle, you know, being weird around my birthday. And then my grandmother, you know, her, one of the things that I know that she always made (laughs) fried green tomatoes. 
is on this dish and I had no fucking idea. I looked at the menu before I got there, didn't see that. But I looked at the menu that was sitting on the table and it showed fried green tomato uh, on a crab cake or whatever. And I just smiled. You know, yeah, I was fighting back crying, (laughs) but I smiled. And this was just a beautiful moment for me. Um, so that was one thing. And then last year, uh, 2022 Halloween, I went to a Halloween party and it wasn't exactly Halloween. It was just like the Saturday night before I was dressed up and I was out and I was like, all right, I'm gonna head home. And as I'm closing out, uh, I might've told this story recently. Um, it wouldn't be on here. Actually, it would have been on self, my other, my other podcast where I just like talk my self-help shit but uh damn dude she this lady is a black lady she looked at me and she said are you a believer i was like "Eh, depends on what like i'm i'm using humor to deflect i was like i don't know depends on what i'm believing in she's like well you do you believe people here are for you or against you i was like well shit if something happened i would hope that they'd be for me but i don't have any reason to think people are against me she goes oh okay um, what, uh, what do you, what brought you to Portland? I was like, oh, I run a nonprofit. I got a grant and yeah, I got here and just did that. I had to be a resident in order to get it. And she looked into my fucking soul and she was like, so, uh, she was like, you don't have any emotional attachment. So why are you here? Like, why are you still here? And I feel like she brought something peripherally into my forefront and I just couldn't unsee it. And so, like, since then, you know, this really influenced my decision to leave Portland, which I did. And then I came right back. (laughs) Um, But we were going to talk more because she said that. And I was like, damn, why you do me? Why you do that to me? And her husband had, like, called her over. He's a tall white dude. And. Um, I don't think he liked that she and I were talking, so they never popped up over uh, to where I was waiting. So I was like, all right, well, I'm gonna get up out of here. And I was packing my stuff to go catch my bus because I had it timed out to where I would be able to catch this next bus. And for whatever reason, it just didn't show up. So I'm sitting down on a bench by the bathroom and the lady comes back. She's going to the bathroom. She sees me and redirects, comes over, sits down and just fucking stares into my eyes. I love eye contact, but this lady's eye contact was fucking intense. And so I'm like, I ain't no bitch. So I'm matching her with the eye contact. I'm just looking at her in her eyes. And then I got uncomfortable. And she said, she put she put her, uh, her hand on my arm and she said, your journey is not an easy one. In fact, it's not even, she said path. Your path is not an easy one. In fact, it's not even a path at all. I share the weight and my dumb ass. I went W-A-I-T or W-E-I-G-H-T. <laughs> and she put it. She just put her hand on my shoulder. And then she walked away. Biggest mind fuck ever, because it's like, what do you know? What do you see? Give me something. And I would I will never forget this lady. I will never forget this conversation. I don't know what she looks like. It was Halloween. She had like a, a, a thing on her face. But this was one of those moments where I was like, oh, like maybe this is my like around my birthday. Right. My grandmother, you know, speaking through this lady or something. I don't know. But it was it was a year special. 
It was a you deserve to be here. It was a it was one of those moments. And this year, this past Halloween weekend, I had a very similar experience to that. And I won't say her name because I, I don't you know know what the connection is going to be. But um, I know that I'm very much enjoying it and I want to be protective of this person's identity as well. But I went out and I guess to tie in some herpes stuff here, I went out for Halloween weekend and I was Jax from Mortal Kombat. I had a, a shawl on that was gray that showed from the front, you know, I look I look like Jax from Mortal Kombat. From the back I looked like I was a dude a, a gay dude at a Beyonce concert. I would give I would give her this. But she stops me and my friend and she goes, oh, you two beautiful black men, blah, blah, blah. And she had an accent. I don't want to mock her accent because I'm terrible at it. But I recognized it was an accent. I didn't know where it was from. She uh, was like, she's caramel-ish colored, Caribbean island. This is what I was like not thinking at the time because I didn't even know. She had a, something over her face, too. I didn't know what she looked like. So she's like, I want to introduce you to someone. And she took me over to her friend. It was just, it was just like really attractive, like uh fit white dude and we're talking for a few seconds for like a minute just conversationally and i was like oh she thinks i'm gay or at least bi <laughs> and so the dude just flat out asked she was like oh so are you are you in the men i was like oh man nah, i'm i'm sorry i'm not he's <laughs> like i'm in the women and uh we we ended up like carrying on a conversation because uh uh i don't know how but oh i do remember so he actually he caught me later and was like man i really appreciate how you turned me down like a not like that was a very like mature uh i don't think he used the word mature but he was very just like apparently maybe got turned down in bad ways and so um talking to him uh we were talking about like connecting with men and him i'm gonna have him on a podcast actually so he is a naturopath he's a naturopath school um and we're gonna just talk a little bit about like how we met and uh his experience with um what did he say herpes zosker uh whichever the thing is that you you get mono or strep throat a lot i forget which one i always mix mono and strep up but uh, we're going to do a podcast, so I'll, I'll talk to him and we'll like share that story. But um, we were talking about how in his experience connecting with other gay men, it's always like really sexual. But in connecting with straight men, all we think we, we think all gay dudes want to fuck us. And I was like, oh, that's whack. Like <laughs> that ain't I'm comfortable with my sexuality. Like we good. Like if you want to be friends, we can here. Let's exchange numbers. So I got his number and um, we ended up like talking later. Um, that was how I learned about uh, his experience with herpes zoster um, and sharing about like my nonprofit and everything. So I guess this lady she sees me and him like in interacting. She knows I'm straight at this point. And she says something to me. She like grabs my hands very sensually. She's like, um, oh, you're, you're very like you. You're very powerful. And I was like, oh, shit. Like, ain't nobody told me that since AJ, which what you mean? Well, no, actually, I'm lying. I can't say I won't say who else has told me that it's it's happened a handful of times since august let me say that so a handful of times since august i've been called powerful all right i just won't go into the details of those particular interactions but she says at this time she's i can tell you are very like you're very kind and you are very um like you just got really good energy 
I was like, ooh, these are the compliments. I live for it. Now, mind you, I've been getting complimented all night. Like, a nigga been trimming up, losing weight, you know what I'm saying? And then, you know, I'm just, yeah, just watching my sodium. I look good. Just for the record, I'm down to, like, 226 pounds. I was 250. I couldn't get out of the 250s for a long time. But I just, I learned a few things about food since then. So we'll just leave that at that. So I'm getting, like, physical compliments all night, like, uh, especially outside the line of the bathroom. That's always a thing. Always. But anyway, um, she invites me to come hang out with them. Uh, there were five of us in total to go to this house and we go to this big ass, nice ass house, hot tub and everything. I think they finna try and get me fucked up. So I, I fuck somebody like that. She knows like, she trying to get me to fuck these dudes. No, <laughs> I ain't doing that. So I let people know where I was and all of that. And um, again, like I'm openly just talking about what I do for my nonprofit and everything. And I didn't notice, but this lady was cold. She took the mask off. She's bad. And I found out where she's from. She's from mm, South America. Let's just say that. Okay. So costumes coming off. We're all just chatting. We end up uh, going into the hot tub and uh, chilling in the hot tub. And like there are these very super fucking like just dope ass conversations that I like live for. I'll go somewhere where the music's loud as shit and I hit my little two step all night until the music go off and it's time to go home. But I fucking live for hard questions being answered. Um, and I, I, I ain't got to go into details of what the conversations were, but these were very intimate moments. It felt like intimacy to me. It felt like that feeling that I've looked for so much through sex. Don't get me wrong. I don't always have to have that feeling through sex. It's just, I know that when you have that and sex, it's amazing. So, uh, I spent a lot of time with these people and then like 5am rolled around. Um, and we, it was time to head home. (laughs) So, um, we went back to her place and she, she lets me know that she also has HSV. Um, and we're we're not we're not sexual. This is a very key component. I want to I want to like key in on this. I have not had sex with this lady. I've seen her three times since then, and we've not three one two three. Yes, I've seen her three times since then. And we've not had sex. It has just been a very fucking intimate, loving, and just connected feeling of me being seen because I did want to know more from her. Like what makes you say that? And it's been a very healing sort of relationship dynamic that very much feels like, I guess what I've been looking for through my grandma. And this is such a weird fucking thing to say, because don't get me wrong. She is beautiful. She arouses me, but I don't, have a desire to have sex with her this is really fucking strange and i'm wondering if this is like my grandma's energy pouring into her or something you know what i mean like i know how wild that shit sound don't get me wrong i know how wild that sound here i am i got this south american thick ass beautiful ass successful ass woman and i don't i i won't have sex with her I'm about to say, like, I, I might not, I won't. I, I, I know that I won't. I know that I won't. I know that because um, we, we've had a conversation about, like, relationship expectations and intentions, and they don't align. Um, but she said some things to me that I want to, like, share here. And, you know, I think that this brings my whole 
scattering my grandma's ashes across the digital world, right, uh, to a full circle. Um, this woman who called me powerful said I have good energy, who didn't know shit about me. I don't know how close she was, but it's a loud place. No way she heard me talking to this dude. Maybe he like dropped a nugget in her ear or something. But we uh, just spoke for a while. And I remember just very key things that she said and that validate, you know, who I am as a person, you know, as somebody who I'm very present, like her titties were out in the hot tub. These motherfuckers was nice, y'all. I ain't gonna lie. But as she's talking, I'm like looking her in her eyes. Like I, I know that I know that titties are there, but I ain't thirsty for that. Like I'm thirsty for this like intimacy, this soul energetic connection that we're having. I'm here for this. Okay. And so um, the time that we spent together, like we, we made out and everything, but it's like, I don't think it's there. <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I'm not feeling like it's there. It feels like something that I need to be able to put words to because culturally she's already like expressed like this men lead the women serve in her culture. So I recognize like, oh, cool. This is good because it's like safe for me to lead and just be the gentleman that I am and not have to worry about you screaming at me. You're not a feminist. You, uh, you, you objectify women, man. But no, she loved that shit. So anyway, speaking back to the energy and motion. So she is also, she's got a lot of things that she's accomplished and done, but she's, um, also a naturopath. She's studying natural naturopathy. Natural the naturopath shit. Whatever whatever that is. She's into that. But also body healing. And this is important because I've made an intention shift with my relationships to have more intimacy and go deeper into the existing relationships that I have and inviting in only that which is much more intimate. Uh, not in a sexual way exclusively, but like intimacy. She says that she says into me, I see when she speaks to intimacy, like this is what intimacy is. And so she is like a body healer or worker. And I've asked, I was like, damn, I need to find somebody who does body work because I, I really want to get like, I want to understand like this whole trauma stored in the body thing. Just so fucking happens that that's what this lady she's she's attuned to it so she gives me a fucking massage and i don't know what it was or where this came from but she touches my foot in a certain way and like puts her knuckles into it and is moving the fascia in my foot that i had no fucking idea existed and i like i scream i'm like yo what the fuck is this i'm cussing a lot what is this? She's like, oh, like the nerves in your foot are connected to the nerves in your lower back. And she explains to me that that energetically means like not feeling like you have support. You don't feel supported. And I started to have an emotional response. I was like, all right, you need to go. I ain't telling her, <laughs> I ain't telling her she needed to go. But I was like, hey, uh, yeah, let's come back to this. Like, we, let's stop. Let's stop. But that was so huge to me. And she she left. And I remember I checked in with her. I was like, hey, you know, you've done a lot for me, like with this awareness that you're bringing me, the massages, the body work and all of that. And like being a space for me to emotionally express myself, like 
what are you getting from me? Like, how can I support you? This lady even gave me business advice that I'm going to take. I am actually taking her fucking business advice. And she said, you are a man, especially a black man who is emotionally intelligent and able to also communicate. Being in your presence is really healing for me. And that's what I want. And it just... Had I not gone to that Sex Down South uh, conference, I would not have been able to receive that. I'd have been so uncomfortable. I'd have self-sabotaged and I'd have fucked that up some kind of way. Like, I would have felt like I owed her some dick. That's what it would have been. Oh, like, you're being nice to me. I need to fuck you in order to pay for your kindness. That was, that's a thought process. Like, people say that they want men to open up and, like, share what we really think. And I don't think a lot of people are really like ready to receive that. Like this was a genuine thought. It was, oh, she's nice to me. I owe her some dick. But the healing of sex down south was something that I I had to realize. Like people do just want to give something to me. And I give to people all the time who are takers or are able to receive. And here I am right now in this time and space. Someone just wants to give to me because I'm me. And it was communicated that way. You are who you are. And that's healing for me. Let me give to you. That is very synonymous to what I now in hindsight believe what my grandmother gave me. That's why I'm so drawn to this woman. That's why I don't want to have sex with this woman. Wow. I I just processed that. Thank you all for being here and listening. But this was something that I just processed because I could not figure out like why I didn't want to have sex with this woman. And like she's not been pushy to have sex with me. Um, It's very intimate. It's very sensual. And it's very like I've been touch deprived. Like, I don't receive, I thought that I was, like, not having as much sex as I wanted. But the reality is, I think that I've just been a little bit touched deprived, And I also don't want to ask for it. That's a whole, that's another conversation. I don't want to ask people to just touch me. (laughs) And fucking COVID contributed to that. I can definitely say for sure. But I bring all of this back full circle with, like, this woman expressing to me that my presence as a she saw me for more than just what my physical was and she would say that she was like yeah you know like you and I were both like very beautiful people people see the physical and like that's what they want they want to make it theirs but there's so much more to us like the the healer in me the person in me that deserves to be my um monetarily compensated for what I'm doing. She said she made this powerful ass point. We went to dinner last night and she said, you know, it's therapists who, you know, will charge somebody $150 an hour for the thing that you do and will value the money that they spend on that and say, oh, this is better and pay for that, but will let have less value on what I'm offering and get more out of for free simply because it's free. And I just, my fucking head exploded a little bit, y'all. And I, if nothing else, if she, if she only came into my life to tell me you are healing me just with your presence and give me like that, that grandma healing that I needed 
and to give me this business advice, like I'm I'm complete with that. I feel good about that. And also get that like these knots out of my feet because man, I had no idea that they were there. And what I want to tell, you know, people, especially men, man, if we don't feel our feelings, if we don't express our feelings, regardless of who you express it to or where you express it, if you don't feel like you can do that in your relationship, all right, I get it. Journal, tell a friend, do something, but let these emotions move from you and also get some type of like body work done. Cause she also identified these knots in my like neck and my shoulder that need to be physically moved out. And again, touch deprived, right? I am touch deprived in areas where trauma stores itself, the um, trauma of emotional withholding. And the, when she did my foot, you know, it triggered the sensation that it did and it was so intense and it hurt and it was painful, but it was connected to my lower back, which is symbolic to not being supported and me feeling like I got to do everything on my own and not having support and I don't ask for help and I can't ask for help and people won't help me. That's emotion. So just because we choose not to be emotional doesn't make us not emotional and it doesn't mean that we don't have emotions what it actually means is that that shit needs to be moved we need to clear the space for our emotions to be able to move through us because i mean i don't know what these knots in my shoulder necessarily mean i know that the one in my foot made me fucking yell and go into a rage and that might be the emotion because my mom said yeah you're very angry my mom always says that she's like you got a lot of anger and i felt a release of that anger as this lady was fucking moving that fascia in my feet connected to my back so like i have anger about feeling like i'm not supported i have anger about feeling like i can't ask people for things or like i can't rely on people or depend on people you know and sometimes maybe that anger comes out in or as sexual frustration and someone has a really good time with me but you know that's not that's not how that's not how i always (laughs) want to use my anger um And so, yeah, like some of that was moved and now I'm aware of it and now I can bring awareness to it and give myself grace and have reverence for these parts of myself, the whole that is me, W-H-O-L-E. And um, yeah, I want to say, y'all, get get some body work done and let that be something that supports you with your emotional well-being, because that is so important, y'all. It's important. We got to take care of ourselves. Women know this. A lot of men don't know this. Ah, All right. I feel I feel very complete with this. And I thank y'all. This is the longest single podcast episode that I've ever done to this point. And it was very necessary. And I think that this is um, this is this is healing. This is healing for me. Um, I hope that this is healing for somebody else, but you know, I, I, I now know my worth. I know my value. I know that I deserve to be here. I am here. In fact, I will say that I am here and life is about what happens through you, not to you. And I just, I appreciate it. And I want to just make this my tribute to Patricia Ann Johnson. That's what this is. This is my tribute to my grandmother. Thank you for fighting for me. I want to say, you know, thank you for what you had to endure to get to the place that you got to and to 
to instill your imprint onto me, you know, for being who you are and giving me that that reverence and that grace for mental health before I even knew what mental health and mental health conditions were, right? I have so much more grace and, and presence and reverence with people who struggle with their mental health. And, you know, perhaps, you know, her, our interactions are what also made me, you know, be able to hold that kind of space and had that capacity. Um, I'm not resentful, at least not as much, <laughs> towards my mom's parents who are still alive. Uh, I love them. I love my mom. Love, I love my family. You know, it's just um, I, I needed to get away and go away in order to learn and realize what I've come to learn and realize. And this is this is where we are. This is where I'm at. It's yeah, life is now officially happening through me and not to me. And I'm grateful to all of the people that I mentioned in this podcast for being sort of um, lighthouses for me and guiding me into the direction of this conclusion. And, you know, a lot of people don't get the opportunity to do this kind of self-work and self-reflection in their life and have the privilege of healing in such a way. And here I am sitting in this chair in my room in Portland, Oregon, that I left for three months and was able to come back to for the same amount in rent. Like there's so much gratitude in me right now. And to have the experience of all of the gratitude that I've been experiencing lately is fucking tremendous. And the love that I'm surrounded by y'all. And, you know, there, there's people that I want to thank that I don't think that I can, you know, thank right now. But at some point I, I believe in the future, you know, you'll, you'll, get to hear about these people um yeah this again this wasn't really about herpes this was more about moving emotions and you know yeah I, I found I found my worth and I don't know that I need to continue to seek it through this don't give me I'm not stepping away from something positive for positive people this is me again I'm surrendering and letting go of <laughs> the the emotions that I've held on to um, regarding my birthday. Um, and this is important because it is going to energetically influence me as I continue to run this nonprofit, interview people, have a podcast and the one-on-one calls and everything I do outside of here. Like I really feel, I feel significantly lighter and, you know, with all of the holding on of emotions in my body, you know, I, I think that we can numb out and get used to the feeling of carrying a lot of emotional weight that just doesn't serve us anymore. Like we get the strength from it, from carrying it, but we can't exercise that strength until we let it go and rest. So this is me letting go and resting of from the last 22 years of my life, holding on to these emotions and this grief that I haven't been able to let go of. So I, I thank y'all for, you know, being responsible for and being present with me as I had some of these realizations and being present here to just hear me. You know, this was this is feels like an appropriate place for me to honor my grandmother. 
and it feels like an appropriate space for me to honor myself and all that is to come as I move forward in life. Thank y'all. Yeah, take that survey if you haven't already. SPFPP.org slash survey. Um, The conference, May 23rd, 2024. Uh, I I really look forward to how something positive for positive people looks now with this version of myself that is healed and surrendered. Or I'm going to be having the same goddamn conversation a year from now around the time that I do a podcast. But we never know, man. I don't know. We we just don't know. But I think that that's really where uh, now that I see the source of my passion and this infinity of emotionally holding the capacity for others and serving in the way that I do, I think that um, I got a lot of really good um, skills and tools and validation that I needed that I had been seeking in the wrong places. But now I know that I, I, as I am, I'm enough. I deserve to be here. So take from whatever you take, whatever you can from this. I'm going to go ahead and upload this podcast episode right away. I'll uh, get some interviews up and we'll get back into our consistent schedule. But it just feels right for me to release this now. So I'm going to go ahead and do that, y'all. All right. Till next time.